This podcast is by G. Wayne Miller for the Providence Journal. Like you know, I have been uh, very much involved in the community for a long time, and uh, that has been my passion. And public service, to me, it's um, a worldwide thing, and I think everybody needs to be part of public service because that's how we really uh, serve people around us. So, and uh, the governor, like you know, was lieutenant governor, and when he was lieutenant governor, we did quite a lot of community work together. He was uh, very much interested in what was going on in communities, and uh, especially on on education, and he being. Uh, previous mayor of Cumberland and uh, had worked on uh, uh, the Mayora Academy and really turned around um, Cumberland school system. And we did some work together on that. And from then on, we have uh, been close, We've been to the church uh, a few times. And, and so he became governor, uh, was uh, chosen to be the next governor after Governor Lepermando. Uh, was called to the federal uh, commerce. And in the process, he came to me and said, can you join my transition team? I said, sure, why not? <laughs> this is a great opportunity. And uh, we started working on the transition. And I thought that my, my role was over uh, with the transition. And one of the days uh, he came to the church and said, Pastor, I need to talk to you. I said, sure, let's talk. We talk all the time. And they said, well, I think uh, we can do some work together. I said, yeah, we've been doing work together. So you're doing the work of God over here, and I'm going to be doing the work of people. So I'd like you to come join me and do the work of the people. And, uh, you know, how I was raised is that when you're called to public service or called by uh, your uh, leaders to serve the people, you don't say no. And I thought it was a great opportunity for me to continue to do what I was doing in my micro environment, but this time really expanding uh, that opportunity to statewide work. So I was very excited to take the offer and uh, here am I today. And we've been working on uh, some fun things right here at the office. So tell us about your responsibilities in your new position. What, what specifically you have are charge of doing and responsibility for doing? Yeah, my responsibility is pretty um, widespread. And I say that because uh, equity work uh, touches every aspect of life. And, uh, you know, whether it be education, transportation, climate, health, and all of that. Uh, but I also do have my uh, specific portfolio that I manage, which uh, include uh, agencies under uh, state government like DEM, uh, DLT, uh, public safety, the energy sector, um, and other aspects of our state uh, uh, government work here at the office. But primarily, I want to focus more on equity and equity response uh, because that is needed right now. uh, Not only here in state government, but also in community. So that is a big aspect of um, what I have been doing and what I continue to do. And um, like you said, we just concluded the subcommittee meeting for COVID-19 vaccine. I have participated on that for uh, since its inception, and that is part of our community response relating to COVID. And there are other aspects of COVID and the equity 
council that we that I've participated in and uh, helping to really equitize uh, vaccine response in, in our state. So there's a lot of uh, moving pieces and a lot of aspects to the work that I do, uh, but it is fun. Every day is different. Equity to me, it's not a, a binary thing. It affects every aspect of life and every uh, color, race, and nationality. And like I always say to people, poverty is not a Democrat nor a Republican. It's not a it doesn't have any political affiliation or racial inclination. Poverty affects black and white. Uh, disadvantaged uh, situations also affect people of different race and different color. But we do also know that uh, certain individuals are more affected when it comes to uh, opportunities and upward mobility. And uh, those are the aspects that um, we need to really focus on and to bring those individuals who are at a disadvantage to a place where they have uh, opportunity to, for upward mobility. So you have a society, for instance, where certain uh, individuals take education, certain individuals go to schools that have not been paid attention to and have not been invested in, and therefore achievement score in those areas are, are lacking. If we look at Providence, for instance, we just got the uh, John Hopkins report, which ranked Providence as worst school system in the entire continental United States. And a few days ago, we got out a report that 50% of students in Providence school system were chronically absent in the last school year. And Mount Pleasant High School recorded 84% uh, absenteeism for last year, chronically. And people who attend those schools or students who are there are, are mostly people of color. Uh, and those are areas that uh, I'm very concerned about in, in understanding what is that factor that is creating that environment where you have this struggle and how can we remedy that such that those school systems are built up and invested in and students in those school systems begin to uh, achieve better and prepare for the workforce of the future. So equity costs around, uh, across every aspect of our, our society, environmental injustice, for instance, is another piece. And you have folks who are concentrated in places where you have uh, factories and uh, pollution and individuals who live there, most likely uh, either those who are of low socioeconomic status or individuals, uh, quite frankly, who are people of color. And so uh, I'm looking at that, how can we remedy that situation as well and come to workplace? Um, that's another issue in how much opportunity we have for women, people with disability, and people of color. And these are very critical issues that uh, we must look into and see how we begin to provide that step, leg up or hand up, so that individuals that have a shot at uh, opportunities that I have uh, graciously, by the grace of God, enjoy and had brought me to uh, where I'm at right now. So it's just about giving back to the community and making sure that uh, individuals, children, women, people with disability, and people of color have uh, equal opportunity and there's an equitable society. Talk in general about the path forward in terms of, of addressing uh, equity issues. Well, I think the first thing that uh, we, we have done or have continued to do is to do a very thorough assessment of where we're at 
Uh, we have agencies within our state government who are saddled with responsibility of looking at equity within state government. And as a matter of fact, also looking at how that flow into the community. And there are short-term actions that can be taken right now to remedy certain situation. There are long-term actions that need to be taken. And the governor has proposed this 2030 plan that look at how Rhode Island should be in 10 years. And that is part of the conversation. And the way he's looking at this is, what is the community saying regarding how Rhode Island should look, at it, look like in 10 years from now? And that's why he's having this community conversation on Facebook, just to get feedback from our community. So there are immediate actions that we can take and those things are happening as we speak. From even just vaccine, for instance, we, we had a look at uh, the equity of how vaccines was being distributed within Rhode Island and put together a plan to remedy that situation. And we had uh, the uh, vaccination uh, at the Dunkin' Donuts Center uh, for certain Saturdays and more after that. And like you know, I was part of that exercise as well and using my uh, medical skills to uh, be a volunteer as a vaccinator and, and physically vaccinating individuals as part of our uh, state response. So um, we're looking at it broadly and taking immediate steps, but we also have long-term plan. Individuals have their own personal experience, perceived experience, and also live the experience. And when a person has live through certain um, things in their lives, it kind of changes their perspective about how things should be. If, uh, if you have not walked in my shoes, you never know what, what it feels like or look like to walk in those shoes. So I have uh, had to walk in some of those shoes. And my upbringing, for instance, came from uh, a socially disadvantaged household with a single mother. And but my mother was very uh, uh, interested and vested to see that we have quality education. And I am blessed to have very good education. I have a doctorate degree and two master's degree. And all of this didn't come because I'm smart or smart than others. It's just the fact that I had a mother who was uh, very vested in me going to uh, a school. And so when I look at education broadly, and I'm wondering why can't every single student have that access to quality education? And that my experience breeds the passion to make sure that that happens. And then equal treatment, for instance, we were moving our church from uh, Providence to Johnston, and then we encountered uh, the resistance at the time. But through a willful deliberation between myself and the, uh, and the mayor of Johnson, we're able to really bring the community and the church community together. And now we are flourishing part of the, of the, uh, the town of Johnston. So that experience again, opens my uh, eyes and passion to why will somebody be treated unequally, whether because of their race or religion or uh, their socioeconomic status, we shouldn't let those things happen. So. What is driving my passion is really my own personal lived experience, having lived through some of these issues in my own personal life. So that is a game changer for anybody. And it's the same idea that the governor brings to this office because he has lived it. He was a coach to uh, people of color when he was in Cumberland. And um, he continues to do that today. So he understands how it is to be treated differently. And he has mandated us to look at these issues very closely. And that is the main reason 
why I'm in this office today. And, uh, and we'll continue to work those issues until we uh, have a more equitable society, a just society, a society that doesn't look at us based on either the color of your skin or uh, where you're coming from or who you are, but just looking at you as an individual and providing that opportunity for you to excel in life. So that's our work and that's what we can do.